coast and throws it down. Welcome to Coast to Coast, an NBA podcast by the fans for the fans. My name is Chris, and hosting with me is my guy Ronan. Tune in every week as we dive into the hottest content and emerging rumors across the league. Dodgers pulls up three pointer. Don't miss a beat. Whether it's a star on the move or the Knicks acquiring another forward, we got you covered. Zion for four for four! Welcome to the NBA! The game is constantly evolving, and whether it's by the eye test or advanced stats, we'll give you the analysis you need to take your fandom to the next level. Here's Davis, 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! Sit back and relax. Coast to Coast starts now. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast. I'm here again with my buddy Ronan, but we got a couple more people on here. In the spirit of Christmas, we want to celebrate it with some friends. And we got to celebrate it with our guys, Tim and Kyle. What's going on, man? You ready for some uh, Celtics roundtable talk? All day, all day. It's going to be good. So, Ronan, I I want you to lead us off here because we had a a couple of key games for the Celtics this week in particular. We've been waiting to have a conversation about this. But... um, I think you are always the first and foremost guy. So I think I know what you want to talk about right off the bat. Are we, are we jumping straight in with uh, with game talk? Or are we jumping straight in with the, with the elephant in the room and Tatum, the Jason Tatum, uh, uh, Jalen Brown uh, conundrum that uh, we seem to have? Is that, 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 that we're jumping into the heavy stuff straight off? Well, I guess you've you've given the option of bad news or bad news. So I don't know. Tim, what, Thanks, what'll bro. hurt you less Thanks, to start bro. out with here? <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm all for starting off with uh, this whole conundrum. So I don't necessarily agree with it, but um, if that's where we want to start, let's, let's start there. Honestly. So, I mean, as a, as a recently married man, so we got to say congratulations, Tim. Beautiful wedding. As a recently married Thank man, you so you, you've been experiencing vicariously the, uh, the marriage of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Um, a lot of whispers of it not working out recently. We've talked about it a few times here and there. Give me your honest, your honest opinion. This is a safe space. Let it out. Do you yep. still believe in this marriage? I absolutely do. Um, my my opinion is that it's um, overblown by the national media. Um, I think that they necessarily, they just really need a veteran presence. And I don't know if we can see it, but Kyle's background shows Joe <laughs> Johnson. So I think that adding Joe Johnson into the mix, first of all, um, Jalen Brown's from Atlanta and he idolized Joe Johnson growing up. So having someone that, I know Tatum also looked up to him. And so having him in the room, will maybe make these guys work harder. It'll get that veteran voice that they necessarily need. And I don't think that Jalen Brown or Tatum is the issue. I think if you're going to break up the group a little bit, Smart needs to get going. But I think that it was um, it's overblown by the national media. Uh, obviously, the Celtics are struggling, so you just take a look at the record and immediately you point fingers at their two stars. But you have to remind yourself that they're – what, 24 and 23 years old. So they're still figuring things out regardless of being in the NBA for four to five years. And so that's, that's my stance. I certainly believe that it will stay and it will get better. And it's, it's, you know, we're jumping to conclusions way too soon. Oh, Kyle, you're not really the most patient person I know. 
So I, I'm curious to see how you feel about this. And I, I'm not sure if you have Joe Johnson up there. Ironically, you guys actually stole my uh, my funny question here. But uh, it, it is interesting to see him be in there. But I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure if I'm there. What are, are you feeling? Um, well, you know, I, I, I got to agree because uh, Joe Johnson is someone you needed, whether he's going to be here for 10 days, whether he's going to be here for the rest of the season. You know, we need someone like that in the locker room just to, you know, get these like, these young guys more equipped to, you know, being in the NBA lifestyle, like Jalen and Jason are still young. Like they're literally like my age, like they're still kids. They're still trying to figure everything out, you know? And um, I think with, with Marcus, I, I got to agree, you know, if anyone's got to go, it's got to be him. I, I still think he's a great player. I still think he can run the floor like he's supposed to, but there's times where he just opens his mouth and he runs his mouth too much. And it's just like, what are we doing? Like, we're all together on the same team. You, if, if you want to be a catcher to the team, you got to go. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like Marcus Mark gets a lot of heat for that because of his vocal personality, because of you know his position of being a leader. So it, yeah. it, it's tough. He's always going to be the guy who catches flack. He's a vocal guy on a team that's bad. But if he was a vocal guy on a team that's good, like, you know, you're flipping the script. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> We're, I think we're, we're pro Marcus Smart guys here on this uh, on this pod. This is I mean, this is I, officially... I, I, I still like him. <laughs> I still think he's a great player. I still think he's he's a great leader on the team. But it's just that the more he opens his mouth, the more ESPN talks, the more the media talks, and they just you know make him the bad guy. And then you know we end up having team meetings that apparently don't even happen and don't even go well. And you know I don't know. It's just if someone's gonna go, you know I don't want Jason or Jalen to leave. So we just got to see what happens from there. That, yeah. That's a difficult thing with a guy like Marcus Swear with his sort of attitude when the team's having success, he's the sort of guy that the, he's like the cult hero that everyone loves. Yeah. Like this is the guy who's driving us forward. But when things aren't going too well, he's the guy that people pick on is like, Oh, why is he acting like this? It's just, it's just his personality and he's in the, the right situation the the and the work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's I, I, a fall guy. And it's, it sucks to see that, but. You know, it's got to be someone. Everyone's got – every team has one. Yeah. yeah if, I, I feel if like – it goes downhill, that's what happens, so. Yeah. I feel like it's 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 interesting we point out the Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum question. It's, it's the biggest question because you – a lot of people are going to argue whether or not one would do better without the other, and we immediately yeah. start talking about the other guys. So, I guess if we're talking marriages. I guess we're going to blame the kids in this one, um, unfortunately. So, guys like yeah. Smart, guys like Williams will go under the bus. Um but I mean, if we're going to go player by player, because I think everybody deserves some sort of evaluation at this point of the year. You know, we can't say it's too early, you know, to your point, even though they're still young, as in the last like 140 games, 150 games, they are just barely above 500. I mean, no, it's true. We're, we're eighth right now in the playoff seed. So we're playing for that little playoff game that, you know, the Celtics, when you're in the Celtics, dude, you should you should be top four at least. Absolutely. Absolutely. Celtics, man, you can't you can't be you can't be sitting at the bottom of the totem pole so here we are though yeah we started off with the negative but there's definitely got to be some positives here you know it's not been an easy no, season there is. so there it is. means it's a season of hope so what what on this roster right now gives you some hope um personally i i think i think you know i think Jalen and jason are starting to mesh again like they've been playing good the last couple games i know this all this covid stuff has been you know messy and everything so we Early don't really in. have a we really have a full team. I know your Bulls are, you know, struggling with that. You got the Rosen back. I don't know who else is Levine back yet. 
Yeah, I mean, we still beat the Lakers without Levine, but yeah, yeah Levine, Levine, Levine came back today. Throws, throws the ball down. <laughs> Levine came back to good. Yeah. I mean, I like I like the Bulls and everything, but like you know, the Celtics are young and and they're still developing. Do I wish Brad Stevens was still the coach? Yeah, but you know, he's really? still overseeing. I do. I, I think. Well, I think let's so. talk about that then. Let's talk about that. Let's talk coaching because okay. he's Ime Udoka has definitely gone onto the radar because he's a beginning coach and because you know there, there's all those things that you mentioned. But, I mean, yeah. how do you both feel about how he's he's done so far? Tim, you've been to a few games now. Are you are you feeling like it's a lot different now, now that you see it in person, you've seen it on TV? Does it feel different from last year? Does it kind of feel like the same old? Well, you know, unfortunately, the two games that we attended, we both lost <laughs> to Brooklyn and Philly. So that was a little disappointing. But, um, I think Ime, I think the defense has, has gotten better, and it's certainly yeah. shown statistically, but – the rotation has gone a little stagnant and it's kind of stunted the growth of players like Pritchard, Neesmith, and um, maybe, well, Langford is, is getting more playing time, but I think someone like Neesmith needs to be in the rotation for at least 25 minutes a game because he, he has electricity to it. He has um, a lot of strength and power and he can shoot the ball. So, so I think my problem with Ime is that he just hasn't rounded out the roster rotation well because those guys that should be kind of showing progress in year two and year three are kind of just, you know, they're flatlining. So that's my only issue with him. I I love that the defense has gotten better because it's a good defensive group, but those young guys, they need to play more and guys like Richardson, maybe get a little bit less minutes and guys like Neesmith and Langford get more minutes. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think these guys that are making that second and third step in the, in, in their career, and they're not a rookies anymore. They need to know how to, you know, be able to play in the NBA. Like this isn't, you know, you, you had your one year to, okay, I'm getting used to everything, this, this, and that, but it's go time now. Like we need people to start playing the role and that's it. Yeah. And, and on that point, I mean, in terms of the positive side of Udoka, you mentioned the stats and they're absolutely there for a team that's not playing. Like you wouldn't look at them and say they're, they're playing well, but their defense, they're, they're 10th in defensive rating, they're 11th in defensive rebound percentage, 9th in block rate, 5th in paint defense, and they're also 11th in defending three. So, like, overall, they are good, and with health and other improvement, they're going to be maybe even great. But, I, yeah, I absolutely agree with you guys talking about the young guys, though, because they're players that have the energy to play defense, too. And you hear Scal just absolutely harp on this all the time, but they need those young guys to play minutes to develop, but also to bring energy. Like, they just don't have – an identity. Um, yeah. You know, we, we see this with the, like, this is the fun thing about the Knicks. Like, even though the Knicks are playing bad at times, like when, when they have that Thibodeau energy, there's still, there's still an identity there. Like they're winning or yeah. losing with their identity, but when they lose that, it's, that's, that's the tough part. But I feel like the I mean, Celtics at, still don't even have that. I had to mention it once. I, I didn't say anything bad about the Knicks. Yes. Look at the Cavs. The Cavs, I mean, they're top four right now. And oh, yeah. They're all, like, it's ridiculous. Like, you got a team like the Cavs and you look at a team like the Celtics, it should be, you know, the other way around. But, yeah. you know, they just they can't figure it out. I don't know what to do with – Yeah, I mean, to that point, to that point, the Cavs, like, you, you look at that team and they know what they're supposed to do. They all yeah. have very defined roles. Without and, Sexton, like, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. And, and I think even – Sexton being there was was fine, but Sexton being out of there almost made everything so much more obvious about yeah. 
who's supposed to be going where, who's going to be handling the ball and playmaking. And that's made, I mean, Darius Garland looks like a bona fide future all-star, like as in like maybe next year, the, the year after, like he's made such a stride with it. But, you know, we, we, we're not talking about Cavs hope. We're go back to some Celtics hope. Yeah, um, I hear you. Pritchard, I mean, Pritchard has flashes. He's had some crazy moments in summer league. And yeah. it feels like once he like hits over like, those games where he's getting over 18 minutes, he's getting in the twenties. Like he starts to get a rhythm. Like he feels to me like a rhythm shooter that hasn't had the chance to just get enough shots. Yeah. I mean, I like Pritchard. I just, I think, you know, he's, it's a hit or miss with him. Anytime he plays, it's a hit or miss. Like you get him one, one or two games. He'll, he'll, you know, drop 15, he'll maybe have a double double or something, but you know, he's, he's hit or he's hit or miss when it comes to, you know, working inside this offense but you know yeah like 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 we said these guys gotta step it up or it's gonna be a long season yeah when you, when you talk about you you want to get some of these players out so marcus smart might be the one to go what about in like who's who's a, who's a guy now that the trade season is all ramped up like who's a name that you see out there you're like all right that guy would definitely fix maybe not all the problems but get us closer to where we need to be um tim you want to go first yeah well i think the one name that sticks out is um you know players from indiana sabonis is is the guy he is the number one guy and the only guy that they should bring in and it's the perfect trade because then you can send smart out and then it'll free up space for maybe someone like pritchard or neesmith or whoever's not involved in that trade but the one name that would make a significant impact that they kind of need is a dominant big all-star who has a relatively team-friendly contract and is a playmaker yeah. at the same time. So you pair him with Rob Williams at the two, two bigs, and then you have Jason and Jalen in the, in the wings. You plug in, um, I don't know, Schroeder or even Pritchard or someone at the one, and all of a sudden you're, you're putting together a relatively good lineup. So I think Sabonis is the number one name and honestly the only name that they should bring in or look at. Yeah. Is there anyone that you say no? If, if Pacers are asking for, they're asking for, say, Jalen Brown. Is that no. an absolute no? It's a one, like a no, one no. for one kind of deal. Jason, Jason Absolutely. and Jalen, Jalen not going. I'm sorry. They just, it, I agree. It, if you give up one of them, then what's the point of even getting the other guy from Indiana? Exactly. I wouldn't mind Miles, I wouldn't mind Miles Turner, but Sabonis is definitely like at the top of the wish list. But, you know, if you can't get him, then Miles Turner is a second option. Yeah. I think the tough sell would be having him on the floor with uh, Rob Williams. I, and I think they would probably want Rob Williams in there. I mean, so do you, do you mind Rob Williams going out in a trade like that? Uh, Celtics like fans him. are 50, 50 on him. So some I'm people 50, like are diehard. I'm 50, 50 on him too. You know, some games <laughs> I'm like, okay, he sucks. Some games I'm like, do we need this guy? Like to keep playing the way he has been, but. I don't know, man. I, I'd have to see what what they would want. I know if they if they want him in a couple picks, then you know we get what we get. But I don't know, man. It all depends on what they offer. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you're getting a two time All Star now, mm-hmm. and a guy yeah. who you know a lot of teams are going to argue that because you're absolutely right. The playmaking aspect of that is huge because that to me is consistently one of the biggest issues. There's no one set the table, no one to kind of um, lead this offense. But I, I'm, I'm curious what it would take to pry Jalen Brown off your hands then. Like, what, what, what is that deal? What, what, what deal exists out there that would 
that'd be cool with it. Cause a lot of people have their own machinations and ideas of what it would take to get Jalen Brown, but a lot of them are lofty, but what, what would be I, the one deal? I would have to say a guy who plays point guard in Portland, but that team doesn't want to give him up anymore. So, so you, you, you would know, do it. Some, some, some people wouldn't, some people wouldn't. Dame. I think, I think Dame, brings the energy they need he brings the athleticism they need he brings the true point guard that boston hasn't had since kemba first got there when kemba first got there there was nothing but energy there's nothing but excitement with that team and then he got you know injured a bunch of times and hit got hit with that injury plague but you know here we are you had two back-to-back top 10 point guards with Kyrie and then kemba every ever since Why not Kyrie try the third? Came, <laughs> I know exactly what I try. Third is a try. You know, but I I doubt I doubt Portland will be down to do that. But you know, never say never. So I don't think that's super far fetched. That that's one that I see out there. That I don't think it is either. But at the end of the day, I just every time Portland wants to do something, Dame says no, and every time Dame wants to do something, Portland says no. So <laughs> I really don't know what they want at this point. Yeah, the whole Portland situation is just getting annoying at this stage. <laughs> it's like just, yeah, just, it just do something for us, please. We want to, we want to see something go on down there. And I feel, yeah. I feel bad for him because at the end of the day, like you know, he's gonna if if it stays how it's gonna be, he's never gonna win a ring in Portland, like ever. No, the West is too too hard to, to win anything in, and you know him and CJ, that's all they got over there. Is him and CJ, that's pretty much it. So if he wants to win, he's got to dip, and it's got to be soon because he's getting older. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, a terrible situation. Imagine how happy Daryl Morey is, how dysfunctional they become. Like the the Ben Simmons topic hasn't been brought up in like uh, a month. Crap. In a month. It was speaking of which, would <laughs> all right. That, that piece of, but I actually think I you, 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 you guys, you guys, you guys would really benefit from a dedicated playmaker. You need a really good screener. Right. You need a yeah. you need that guy to defend Giannis. Who? would be better matched alongside Jason Tatum than a uber athletic center like Ben Simmons. You unleash Ben Simmons on a team like this. Would I mean 76ers give you picks, they give you Maxi because they they know their position. Say say that's the that's the big prize. You get Maxi, you get Simmons, you get picks for Brown and Cash. Well I I say I say hell no a hundred percent of the time. Um I mean you make a good point with the defense you yeah. can't forget that they're in our conference. So um, I understand the comparison. I wouldn't do that a million times out of a million, but um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a no brainer for me. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> if we can get, if we can get Ben Simmons for like someone other, I'll give Anybody except Jalen Who? If you want, if you want, if you're taking Ben Simmons, you, you need Jalen Brown and Tatum. You need both of them in your team if you're going to exactly. add Ben Simmons. There's no 100%. point. There's no point. There's no point in adding Simmons to lose one of our guys. Like that yeah. doesn't make. Give up Smart and a bunch of picks. I'm sure, bro. Philly's wasting money on this guy. Just him sitting there for no reason. Well, like they're not paying him. But they're, they're not paying him. But at the end of the day. Like, <laughs> You know he's on the roster and he's a waste of space yeah. on the roster. So, d- so I, when did I, when did he start like this? Ben, when did he start what? This whole thing. This no, when, what, he made, when he when he when he made that stupid um, that decision in the playoffs to make a layup and, or pass the ball instead of making a layup and everybody booed <laughs> him and then from then on Joel's like this, he's like that. They're all talking crap and after that he's like I'm done and now look at him. 
So, I'm saying like with his 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 refusal to come back, I think it was what in August, and I think today it was officially nine million dollars, nine million dollars that he's given up to just not play basketball. And that's what happens when you're a big baby, bro? <laughs> I, yeah. Who who would boo him louder, the Celtics or the the 76ers? I I don't know I which mean, fans would hate him more. If he, if, he become, if he becomes a Celtic, bro, like they'll probably like trash talk him for a minute. But if he plays like how he usually does, then they'll they'll shut up because yeah, I mean, Boston. Boston wants greatness, bro. Like that's the reason yeah. why Boston is how they are. They're 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 rude. They're like crazy fans, bro. Like no matter if it's the Red Sox, the Patriots, the Celtics, the bro, for whatever it is in Boston, bro. Like if you don't do your job, you're gonna get hate on and you're gonna get kicked out immediately. Yeah, like, that's I mean, just how winning, the city of Boston it? is. Winning is it? That's all it is in Boston. It's winning. That's all it is. It's the attitude you want. It's pity New York ain't like that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they're become, they're, become, they're, they're doing it they're doing it again with Knicks but it's only when Trey Young's in town <laughs> <laughs> bing bong indeed bing bong um, so Ronan you started us off with a pretty negative subject tell me you have something a little bit more a little more positive something, <laughs> something happy I mean it's tough to find the positives here because unfortunately it's been a disappointing uh, start to the season where you guys 16 and 16 you're you're yep. three games back on fourth place, which is the Cavs, but you're also three games ahead of 13th place, which is the Pacers. Not that I think the Pacers are going to make any sort of run, but it shows how how tight it is in, in, the, uh, in the East, but also how much of a mediocre season you're having. Unfortunately, you're in a similar position to, like, to the Knicks, to the Hawks, and a couple other teams that just aren't really kicking on. But forget yeah. the trades and forget the... the, the anything you can do kind of outside of what you got right now what do you think can get this team back on track to really push for a top four place come, come the end of the season tim you want to go first yeah so um so i think that the celtics should should sign joe johnson for the entire year and just have him be a veteran presence um he can obviously hit down the mid-range but like have him play like minimal minutes only here and there they need to drop someone like Jabari Parker, who is doing absolutely nothing for the team. And, uh, <laughs> I forgot he was on his team. He, he's a he's a walking meme. He's exactly. Walking so meme. seriously, so um, so to get this team back on track, I really think that they desperately need a veteran presence like Joe Johnson. When the young guys like Tatum and Brown still look up to him, they were looking up to him like maybe ten years ago when he was playing for the Hawks. So um, to add someone like that is what they exactly need and. I'm not saying keep him long term because of his ability to play basketball. It's for the for the locker room to get them back on like track. Like a Haslam, and, like you Donna Haslam. And, mm-hmm. and that's the perfect comparison right there. It's just someone who's been along the road and it's just a good veteran leadership and uh, yeah. brings a little intensity to the locker room. So they made the switch with uh, Ime as the coach, and now you got to kind of shake up the the veteran core. And they kind of done so with getting Al Horford in here. Now you bring in someone like Joe Johnson who can kind of maybe speak to Tatum and Brown and elevate their game a little bit. Honestly, I think that this signing might help turn us around, put us in the right direction. What do you, what do you think he's saying to what, what, if you were Joe Johnson, what, if you had one sentence to tell Tatum, what would it, what would it be? He said, go ISO. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need to tell him to do that. You don't need to tell him to (laughs) Keep doing what you're doing, young fella. Yeah. For real. Well, I mean, I, mean, I gotta, I, I gotta agree. I mean, you know, signing Joe Johnson for the remainder of the year is probably for the best. I think it's, it's smart. You know, see what happens from there. 
honestly, I think the thing we need to focus on most is just stay home. Don't get COVID. Don't, (laughs) don't, bro, because, because if, okay, listen, if we, if the NBA keeps going, Adam Silver says that it's, it's not, he's not stopping. And if people keep losing players, man, and we stay healthy, we can come back by winning these games against teams that we're not supposed to probably beat because they're missing their key players. So yeah, I, mean, I can't believe stay, we keep we going. Healthy, yeah, I know yeah. it's crazy for I don't that reason. Either, but you know, it, it is what it is at this point. You know, it'll be it'll be a wild run to the end because I think a lot of teams are going to get screwed over by this by this season not getting at least postponed or stopped for now because there's some teams that are going down in the standings because of this and it's kind of crazy it's terrible guys i i wrote down joe johnson here as a joke and you have spent the vast majority of this podcast talking about joe johnson for christ's sake he played two minutes he played two minutes and and scored and there there were two beautiful minutes all right there were two (laughs) two beautiful minutes for two beautiful points it's like bro. like i'm sitting here in miami and that's all i see is has coming for two seconds everyone stands up does what they want to do he gets a, he gets ejected, and that's what he does for the season. So Joe Johnson can do the same thing. It's fine. I, it's it's made me realize that the situation for you guys is graver than I ever imagined. That Joe Johnson is just the last singular shred savior. of hope. He's our savior. He's our, savior. He, he's our Tom Brady. He's our Tom Brady. Yeah, I, I honestly question my, my and this is one of the interesting things about um, listening to interviews from players and hearing their perspectives in the locker room because it's just something that we don't really get to see. But, you know, we've always been trying to, like, put ourselves in the shoes of these players and try and really figure out, you know, like, what's the issue? Because we keep saying things like chemistry. We keep saying things like fit and, like, the vibe. The vibes are just always off of this team. And, you know, how many veteran presences do they need? Like, they got their, their quote-unquote, their players coach. They got their guy in Al Horford. I mean, Marcus Smart is just that prototypical, like, veteran, like, loyal team guy. Like, how many more intangible additions do they possibly need before we start to question the character of these players, honestly. Well, I would say um, you got to give it at least another year or two if you're going to jump to that conclusion because this team, they lack certain intangibles. So the next best option if they're lacking intangibles is to bring in a veteran voice or someone that can you know, help them grow in their professional career. So um, you know, the team peaked really, really quickly four or five years ago. And so ever mm-hmm. since then, it's kind of just steadied out. So now they kind of need that intangible to kind of kick them in the next year to get them to get back to the top. So I wouldn't say, um, you know, how long I would say at least another year or two, given the contracts that Brown and Tatum currently have. Yeah. I mean, you had this a few years ago, you had, you had Kyrie, he was that veteran voice. You had Gordon Hayward, you had Al Horford. <laughs> And, dude, that was the team. That was what it was looking like. And then, you know, Kyrie's out, Gordon Hayward's out, and they still went to the Eastern Conference Finals with Scary Terry leading the whole team. Like, they were at the top. And then, you know, where do you go from there? And you just – Kyrie said he's staying. Nope, next year he leaves. What do you know? And then we get Kemba, and then he gets hurt, and then he gets hurt, and he gets hurt, and then he leaves. So, you know, we're, we had those veterans, we had those, those, those key voices in the locker room, but, you know, they come to Boston and they get screwed over some way. So, I don't know. I think, I think we, I think we have leaving? what we need. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, you're, 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 that's what you're, you're saying. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, but Kyrie, you can't really question it because who knows what the hell's Kyrie, going on. Kyrie's a bum now. I think we all uh, come to realize Kyrie's a bum. 
So who, who, who in the locker room would you say, who, who is the voice list that he is the voice for there? <laughs> you don't have to answer that. That's, that's a joke. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to say it better be because I don't have an answer for it. <laughs> Jabari Parker. He is, he is the voice for, for the Jabari Parkers of the world. This is um, what not to do to become a meme is what all Jabari can tell us about. <laughs> but uh, it's, 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 you know, I, I have to think that patience, I agree with you, you know, patience is probably always the right answer. It's not the sexy answer, but that's probably the only answer. Brad's and yeah. Brad Stevens has only been in the driver's seat for not even a full year yet. And yeah. it's too early to, you know, talk about what his performance is, talk about what he should be doing versus not doing, because patience is key to that. Everyone was all over um, the Bulls when the new management came in didn't change much but they yeah. were patient they held they held their own they wanted to evaluate first and then you know that's that's what you have to do but it's it's frustrating man it, it's it's all, it i've is, been there it and it's frustrating to be sitting in the midst of an inevitable not a rebuild but a retool like you know that you're not there to contend yet and you know you can't do anything about it because you're right i mean patience is there you just can't be aggressive yeah. and risk losing more than you give i mean if you're a fan of any Boston team right now you kind of got to be patient because look the Patriots were bad last year here they are the Red Sox made almost the World Series this year like Boston just they're so used to we're so used to winning all the time and so used to being like in the playoffs deep in the playoffs at least trying to potentially contend for something and you know it's kind of a down beginning of the decade for Boston and you know the Patriots are bringing that back but like the Celtics have history. The Celtics are, you know, they were the beginning of Boston dynasties, like, for a long time. And everyone's kind of used to that up there. And then, you know, now it's kind of like, well, where are we at now? Oh, boo you, know, you might you might make the playoffs. I'm so sad for right, Boston sports my, nation. You had, you had Michael Jordan. I don't want to hear it. You had Michael Jordan. <laughs> Don't, it's don't like you start you, you start the the worst way to start the decade start. is to almost make the to almost make the championship <laughs> be a really good you, possible playoff team. Listen, you had Michael Jordan. I don't want to hear it. You had Michael Jordan. Uh, we yeah we, we, we to, won't even get into it. it. The, we don't need to go that. We don't need to go that far. The spoiled he'll, lifestyle he'll, he'll of the Boston of, Sports Club. <laughs> he'll 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 rag on on me about that for twenty minutes if he wanted to. That's all he does every time we talk about any Boston team. <laughs> like boo hoo, guys didn't win the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> Whatever. I've I've stowed away my uh my baby violin for the for the winter, so I don't have it on me to play for you. But um, no, let's move on. We we talked about the the seventy sixers game. That's I think that's a really important illustration of everything we've been talking about. Uh, we can definitely get into that because I think that was pretty indicative of how the season's gone and um a pretty key game against a. 76 squad that really struggled to stay at 500 with health as of you guys. And kind of um, I expect both these teams to part ways for a little bit in terms of their, their vibe moving forward. Um, how did it feel for Embiid to just effortlessly score 40, Tim? I mean, you were there, like it didn't feel like he had 40. And then all of a sudden you realize that he's just all over this game. Yeah. So, well, he was having his way with um, freedom but um, yeah, <laughs> so, I'm never I, ready to I hear love, the name. Okay. I love I love the air <laughs> So, but yeah, he was um, taking it to him all day, yeah. and then you look up at the scoreboard and you see the stat lines that he had. It was over 40 points, but then the rest of the categories were 
were through the roof too. But the the big yeah. surprise was obviously Seth Curry, for some reason, just wouldn't miss. And oh my God. if he yeah. if he just misses He's a couple a shots, yeah, the game's a little bit different. But um, yeah, Embiid was imposing as well. And I'm pretty sure the Philly game before then, when the Celtics played Philly, Embiid struggled big time. So. He had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, and he he took it to um the weaker freedom. <laughs> alpha, the alpha yeah. move there at the end, that the last shot mill, and yeah. made. Yeah. that was just alpha. That was alpha play right there. Right, yeah. right. It was. I mean, it sucked that Rob Williams wasn't there to hold it down because you imagine the game would have went a lot different, not just because of um him and on on Embiid, but you know, cancer didn't just get killed by Embiid on those low post ups. And those mid-range shots. I mean, he just can't defend beyond the arc and, and be in sort every level. But also the fact, I mean, the their drop coverage was just so low. Like Seth Curry didn't have anyone on him for like five feet on every time that he was doing a high pick and roll. Like there, and Cantor is just no oh, sorry, freedom. Just nowhere to be found. I, mean, I, just, I need to remind myself to say Ennis at this point. It's it's a lot easier. Yeah, don't even, don't even bother. You might get Turkish officials on you or something. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I wish I saw uh, Bruno Fernando a little bit more. I mean, he's done a 10 day contract, but Hey, I mean, he is your G league guy. He's a guy who has energy. He's shown that he can be all over the floor. I would have liked to see him. I feel like he would have been a little bit more active. I don't know. Kind of speaks yeah. to those, those lineups that he doesn't get creative with sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know, at the end of the day, like hate to strong work, but I strongly, strongly dislike Joel Embiid. like, and to see him pop off, <laughs> when he pops off and it's against us is literally the worst feeling in the world. Like it, it pisses me off to the point where I don't even want to watch the rest of the game. Like when he, when, when he, when he gets off a roll, bro, and he starts making these faces, he starts saying stupid stuff. Like you can tell, like, you know, that's his vibe though. Like I can get with it. It's just, you know, he's not on the Celtics, so I really can't get with it, but <laughs> no, yeah, me and Joel, no, nah, I'm good. But worse, he's on Philly. So come on. I know. And I mean, we don't like Philly either. So. But where, sure where does so. this come from? Boston fans aren't you, the like anyone who doesn't play for Boston teams, though. That's a yeah. exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Philly and Boston, like, I mean, when it comes to any kind of sport, you know, there's always dislike when it comes to those two cities. Like, they don't like us. We don't like. I mean, listen, Philly fans hate everybody. Like, whether it's this football is not, or this basketball, is true. like, they, they're, they're Boston fans are ruthless, but Philly fans, like, dude, when they look, what look what they did to Ben. Ben doesn't want to come oh, back yeah. anymore. Do you want to go through into the stadium? <laughs> they they like, bullied what? out their 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 first round number one overall pick. <laughs> they bullied like, him, bullied him out of town. Even his own teammates bullied him. Like Joel, whatever, man. Let's, see, let's be real. It doesn't take much to bully Ben Simmons, does it? He's he's, he's definitely a little <laughs> softy. He is a softy. Um, in ter- in terms of clutch play, I, I want to talk about this in particular, and we we saw this for the Celtics in that game played out again, where it's a close game goes down in the clutch. And there's, there's a couple of things I always notice and not, not sure if you guys feel the same way, but it just feels like their effort falls off. Everything kind of comes apart and their defense actually falls a lot. They're, they're a top 10 defense. We, like we talked about and they fall actually to 23rd in defensive rating 26th in opposing points in the fourth quarter. And in clutch time alone, they're six and 11. They're 6-11 in games that require clutch situations, and that puts them at 25th in the league. You want to add anything else? We get it. <laughs> we, we get it, bro. But, like, what, anything who, else going on? Who do, you, who do you want taking those last shots? Because it's it doesn't seem like there's an identity to lean on. 
other teams have their guy and you have Brown, you have Tatum. So, I mean, it's clear cut who should be taking those shots. Should it be Brown? Should it be Tatum? It absolutely should be uh, Tatum, but he needs to drive more. Sometimes he tries to get all cute and do the fadeaway, which is great. And that's his shot. But like in crunch time, like he truly needs to take it to the rack. But um, I guess it really all depends on who's having the hotter game. So if Brown is popping yeah. off, you go with Brown all day. And, you know, it's, it's a luxury to have that commodity, but you got to you got to use it when it's right. So it really, truly depends on, you know, who's, who's having their game because yeah. sometimes Brown is on and sometimes Tatum's on, but you know, they're not always on at the same game. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna have to pull Max Kellerman. I want, I want a uh, fate of the universe, man. I want Iguodala. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I got to agree, you know, whether Tatum's balling out that day or if it's Brown, I mean, look, even if they're both having an off game, Marcus Smart can hit a shot. Like, Marcus Smart isn't a bad option if because obviously what team whatever team is playing is going to look at Tatum and Brown first to take the final shot. So if, if Smart's sitting in the corner, why not give him the rock? Worst case scenario, he misses, we lose another game. Whatever. But if they're those off ball team, looks, yeah, I, exactly. I like that. And if and if they're double teaming one of the guys, and you know, I don't know, man. Like at the end of the day, man, it's just whoever's open. If you're open, you're in the, you're in the NBA for a reason. If you're open. You should be able to make a shot. Yeah, I don't, everyone, everyone tell, tell that to Grant Williams. There, there's some high expectations right there. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, man. Like you're an NBA player, like open shot, man. You're you're kind of you kind of built for this. You got picked in the NBA for a reason, so. Yeah, that, that's I fair. Don't know, man. Is, is it true though that the, you see the way that you both are like it could be Tatum or Brown? Is that another element of where this dynamic hasn't really figured itself out yet? Because. Mm, mm-hmm. You gotta kind of always feel like there's gonna be the alpha. There's still the element that Tatum and Brown are kind of competing. No, it's for sure. Gonna be the guy, and that's why it's still kind of struggling a bit. And it's almost them trying to beat each other. I don't think it's a bad competition, though. That's the thing. I think it, I think that's what they do. But I think that's what tries. That's what they do to try to make each other better. At the end of the day, because if you look at it, there's certain teams that always have had that factor. I mean, Kyrie, LeBron, who won. You know. When you, when you see these super teams, like, at the end of the day, like, yeah, they're there to be better teams, but at the end, they're there to make each other a lot better also. And I think that that competition isn't bad, per se. I think, you know, at times can cause tension and everything. Like, no, that should have been my shot. Like, why did you do that? This is not. But at the end of the day, I think it's, it's more beneficial than hurtful when it comes to that. But, you know, like I said, you know, I'm not there. I'm not in the locker room. I really can't be there 100% on what I'm saying but you know if I had a good idea I, that's what I would don't say with. something like that you're yeah. you're there you know what you know I'm, yeah. I'm right there I'm right there in 2k at least I'll, I'll say this like maybe it's not negative in terms of you know direct competition and maybe there's a healthy aspect to you know generally striving for greatness alongside another player I mean that's that's definitely something that players encourage each other for yeah um but I guess um and Tim, we've mentioned this a few times before. I, I personally see the your turn, my turn mentality because of that dynamic. And that's, I think, where the fit comes into question is that's contagious. It's not just Brown. It's not just um, Tatum that it's a your turn, my turn. I mean, you'll see that down the line and you just have waves of possessions where it's a pull up jumper. 
it's a crossover step back jumper. It's a, I'm going to take it to the rim. Like there are moments where a whole quarter slips away because of that. And I have Mm -hmm. a really strong feeling that that's because of that dynamic. So does that then shake the assumption that, you know, both of them can just be great. You just choose one or the other. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you do need one guy to step in and be the dominant scorer, at least on the offensive end. Yeah, you know, and uh, I probably agree with Kyle, too, that it's more beneficial than it is negative, but obviously that's a biased approach. But it has become frustrating to watch at times because, to your point, having them be like taking each possession, okay, you're going to take this shot, you're going to take this shot, then all of a sudden Marcus Smart's coming in and he's taking Mm -hmm. a shot. So, like you said, it it can get a little contagious, but then that's when – um. You know, because I'm not ready to break up the group because of that, but it is a fair question. But I do think that them battling for, you know, who who's going to be the guy is only going to help them grow, but to a certain extent. So, like, if this were to last into next year, then I would really address maybe moving one of the two because then it's been, like, X amount of seasons and there hasn't been a lot of progress and it's been very yeah. frustrating to watch. It's a lot of ups and downs. You see them beat a team like Milwaukee, but then the next game, I don't know if it was against Phoenix, who obviously is a hell of a team, but then they just kind of like lay an egg. So it's it's uh, frustrating because there's no consistency. But, um, you know, it's, it's too early to say, especially with the new head coach and new locker room, that, you know, maybe it can work towards something better than what it currently is. Well, I, well, I have a pop quiz uh, question for you guys then on that subject. Uh, Okay. So we have a, <laughs> so I, for, for reference, usually like over 40% on pretty solid volume is positive mark for um, clutch field goal percentage. One player of these two, Brown and Tatum, what one player is shooting 46.4% from the field on 2.8 attempts. And the other is shooting 36% on 2.9 attempts. Which one is which? Tim, you Jaylen Brown's the higher. I'm yeah, going to say Jalen. Jalen's the higher, Tatum's the lower. All right, so why why can't Jalen Brown be the guy? Because you're absolutely right. Jalen Jalen Brown is shooting forty six point four percent in in clutch Cause time. Because Jay, Jason Tatum's a dog, bro. That's why Jason Tatum's <laughs> a dog. That's why, bro. Because listen, at the end of the day, bro, we need both these guys to do their job, and that's that. Jason's still trying to get back into full. He's he's not one hundred percent, bro. You can tell he's not one hundred percent. Yeah, he's, he's not. He wants. He wants to play. That's the only reason why he's out there doing what he's doing. But he wants to play. And, you know, he's a dog. That's why he wants to play. He's He wants to be out there for every possession, every single game. And that's how he is. That's, that's his mentality. He, he's got that Kobe mentality where he wants to be involved. And if he's not involved, he feels like, you know, if I was, what could I be doing for the team? So, I don't know. That's just me. But you heard it here. You sound like PJ Tucker over there. <laughs> PJ Tucker's got really got in your head. He 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 has, bro. So ever since he got down here, he he's been in my head. My shoe game's been a lot better too. So, <laughs> well, one thing I say is that you you mentioned the kind of the Kyrie dynamic in Cleveland with LeBron, and that ultimately broke up pretty in a, in a pretty. It did, but it, got a, but it got a championship. It but did, it but, but Kyrie, but Kyrie thought he was going to be the guy in, in Cleveland, and then LeBron comes back, and he has to deal with being second fiddle. And it worked for, for the first couple of years. That worked in a, in a big way. And then Kyrie just decided, no, I, I want to be the guy now. Ultimately, that really failed, but uh, 
it's it's something that Boston can try and learn from. Maybe they just need to decide who's going to be the guy and see if either whether it be Brown or Tatum can accept being the second fiddle. They can still be a star, but they're not going to be the guy in Boston. The guy, yeah. It's going to be. It's an important dynamic. It's a mentality thing. Can either of them accept not being the number one guy? If one of them can, that could be the key to this this Boston duo ultimately having success. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Tim, what do you think? No, I think that that's very valid. So, um, you know, I think um, I think that Tatum probably gets more of the shot because even though both Jalen Brown and Tatum were picked number three in their respected drafts, everyone looks at Tatum as he's the franchise guy. He is the top ten player. So even if he's kind of on the down in terms of clutch shots and Jalen Brown's on the up, they're still going to try to incorporate that because uh, to Ronan's point, their mentality is that Tatum is the top 10 guy and Jalen Brown is maybe the top 20 guy. So, um, you know, for them to coexist is very, very important, but I don't know if like, let's say Jalen Brown went on to another team then he wouldn't succeed as the guy. I do think that like Tatum wants to be the guy probably more, but that's just my, my assumption. There's no real fact to it. I just see some of the comments when he talked about being an all NBA player, how he feels that he is um, in that group of players that is regarded as, you know, the top 10, top 15 players. So I think that him being the number one guy is important for his ego and his mentality I can't really speak on Jalen Brown that much because he's not as vocal in terms of his statistics. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Well, if if we're going to talk allegories, you have to think about Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady. That's who I always think of when I think about these guys. And it's, it's tough. I mean, both of them had fantastic careers and they were good. They were individually good in Toronto, but their careers really took off once they were separate. I don't know how you learn from that, but I think it's really tough for these young guys to, you know, cause you got to think that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, you don't even have to think. Yeah. I assume, and I feel pretty good about the assumption that they know they can be top 10 players. We, we might think differently, but they personally think I could be a top 10 player based on how good they've been and how young they are too. So, I mean, they still have that drive to be top 10 players. So to ask that of them almost seems unfair to them because it feels like I am trying to get my own. I'm not trying to be paid like a number two, I'm trying to get paid like a number one. So maybe if you pay me like a number one and I'll be one B, then fine. But I, I think what people expect from Jalen Brown, because the elephant in the room is that Celtics are always going to choose Jason. And I don't think that Brown's Brown's an incredibly smart guy. He, he knows. Uh, I think uh, he knows it. So if, if Jalen Brown continues to play this well and the numbers show it you know this isn't a a dumbed down league like people like us can talk about these things and know it like if you don't think that they're doing that then i mean you're crazy like these guys know what their stats are they're being told they are so jalen brown's looking at the numbers like hey like i clearly could do better by myself like that's why i'm worried about the let's wait till next year let's wait till the year after it's been like a silent panic and and like hope for the past 160 games now but yeah. i think it's really starting to crack and I, I hope this year brings new new and better things for Celtics nation because i want to see it work but i'm worried but period. like like you said you know Jay, period but, <laughs> but but like you said like Jalen's a smart guy 
Like he knows Boston. He knows the coaching staff. He knows Jason. He knows his teammates. And at the end of the day, like you said, Jalen's smart. Jalen's not going to want to leave a team where him and another superstar are just getting started in their careers. You know, he maybe he wants to be patient too. Like, I understand, like, yeah, he might be balling out more than Jason right now. But at the end of the day, you two can build something in Boston. If he leaves, he leaves, you know. But like I said, like, he's smart. He needs to, you know, think about things before it's just jumping ship and, and seeing what his options are. Because at the end of the day, the NBA isn't the same anymore. You don't, you don't just join teams to join teams. You join other superstars. So he's got to realize if he joins another, yeah. he joins another team, there's probably another superstar there. And right. five, out, five out of 10 chance or 50% chance that that other superstar is probably better than him. Yeah. Maybe, in, possibly in even one higher, way yeah. or another. <laughs> exactly. In one way or another. Like if he goes, if he goes to Memphis or something like with John Moran, like, come on, man, John Moran's John Moran. Like he's going to want the rock all the time. Like that's, that's just a team. I'm just giving, I'm just giving it. An, uh, I like that team. Cause that, that's a, that's a team that I want to make it, that I want to make a trade for him. Imagine that big three. Don't get Chris started on the, on the Grizzlies. All right, guys, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Dylan Brooks. <laughs> have you heard of the name? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, but you know, at the end of the day, you gotta, he's gotta, he's gotta think about his options before he just, you know, pulls a LeBron or a Kevin Durant or Kyrie and just wants to leave to leave for no apparent reason, just because the ego thing comes into play and becomes that factor. You don't, you don't want that. Yeah. Cause that's then true. he's going to, he's going to leave and realize, Oh, did I make a mistake? Did I do the right thing? And then what do you know? Boston like pops off or something. I don't know, man. He's just, he's just, he's just gotta be smart. <laughs> when you're drafted yeah, know, by right? Boston, when you're drafted by Boston though, I think there's a desire to, to stay there and succeed. Mm-hmm. And you have to think the idea is in the head of both Tatum and Brown to be the guys that create the next hope. The, I'm sure they're hoping championship team in Boston. Yeah. And it's, it's that sort of mentality. You, you hope everyone has it, but we see with guys like Zion, they don't really have the, the love for the team that uh, that drafted them. Lost. So uh, <laughs> I think that's, that's something that I think is in the minds uh, of, of Brown and Tatum. And the way Boston draws you in, I think they, 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 they would definitely want to, do all they can to succeed together in Boston before before either of them try to jump ship. You know, Brad Stevens isn't going to let them, you know, just let them leave that easily either. So, yeah. I don't know. Tim, what do you think, man? No, I think that's valid. Um, I don't think Brad would let him go, but if, Brad, if um, Brown wanted to be the guy, he could go be the guy in Portland and we can take Damian yeah. Lillard. I'll be okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I was waiting for him to say it. Uh, well, I think we're running a little short on time here, but you know it, it's exactly what I expected. We're going to talk about the inevitable discussion sad, that we're going to be talking sadness. about until it goes well. But we got to have some positives here. And if if Ronan, if you don't have any positive items, I, I knew you'd do this. <laughs> I, I knew that the Knicks would infiltrate this this positive podcast I of joy. Let, let other East fans be be happy. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, if you want to be happy, you can just do a whole uh, Chicago Bulls podcast. That would that would be a uh-huh. joyous affair. <laughs> but all right we'll we'll end on this how, how about this we'll, we'll do a, a new year's resolution if if you could see one thing different about celtics in 2022 what, what's that going to be what are you going to see tim go first 
I absolutely say uh, my number one New Year's wish list is uh, get Sabonis on the team and have uh, Smart get out of there, get a little shakeup. I love Smart, don't get me wrong, but we, we need Sabonis. We need that third star. And like I said, team-friendly contract, he's the guy. 26 years old, that's my New Year's resolution. I, I love you. I just love you on a different team. <laughs> Kyle, what about you? Give me, give me, a, give me a big three, man. I want a big three. Give me Dame Dalla. Give me, give me Sabonis. Give me somebody, anybody. As long as Jason and Jalen are still there in twenty twenty two. Okay. Give me All somebody. Right. That's all. I, I hope you hope you wrote to Santa this year. Hope you've been good. Uh, that would be a Christmas he, he miracle. Said he, he, he said he got me, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, and uh, our next resolution is for them to keep Kemba Walker on the floor because apparently that's doing things. So, no, I'm not going to get too high on you, you, can't, you can't even get you on board with that. All right, well. The guy's got no knees. The guy's got no knees. He does it against <laughs> D- D- Detroit. Oh, he, had the Derek, chip, he had the chip against knees. Boston, and we still uh, lose. Between, between Kemba and Derrick Rose, they have exactly one knee. One knee. Yep, that's it. That's yeah, all right. He, they got a lot he, of heart. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, we've we resolved to not discuss Knicks, and it's been pretty clear that that has not been consented to. So we'll leave that alone. But um, everybody, thanks for joining us on this episode, guys. So good to have you. Uh, this was our first of hopefully many Celtics roundtables, and hopefully in the beginning of the year we'll get some of these resolutions. Maybe it's a bonus. Maybe it's some wins. Maybe it's getting Dame Dollar for exactly a second round pick and Marcus Smart. But you know. <laughs> Everyone can dream, but I hope everyone has a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. If we don't hear from you back then, but until then, take care. Merry All right, Christmas, take everyone. care, guys. Peace. Thanks. Peace. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Coast to Coast. Don't forget to hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at Coast to Coast NBA Podcast to hear your takes discussed right here on the show. And remember, take every shot and love every moment.